Amen. So we can start now. And we are continuing with uh, our topic, Lord, teach us to pray. Um, I just want to say to you, as an introduction, so that at least you can remember, and just to reflect a bit that a lot of people do pray, both Christians and non-Christians alike. But the question is, how many of those prayers are heard by God? And I think uh, if we are not taught how to pray, we will be among those that pray as a ritual, that pray as a religious exercise. So I want us just to reflect back a bit on 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26 in the Good News Translation and look at how purposeful Paul was. And I believe even in his prayer lives, life he was equally purposeful. So he says, that is why I run, it's, it's 1 Corinthians 9.26 in the Good News Translation. He says, that is why I run straight for the finish line. That is why I am like a boxer who does not waste his punches. So actually when I heard this, in my heart, in my spirit, I thought, how many punches in prayer have we been wasting? You find that you've really prayed a lot, you've prayed several times, some of you even going to prayer and fasting, and all the many things that we have done in prayer space. But how many of those prayers were effective? Because it's one thing to just pray as a religious, as a religious uh, venture, but it's another thing to pray knowing that God hears you, knowing that your prayer is powerful and effective. So that's why we are saying, Lord, teach us to pray. Luke 11, 1. We're going to look at that one. Luke 11, 1, New King James Version, it says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So if one of the disciples of Jesus would ask, Lord, teach us to pray, we also can say, Lord, teach us to pray. Can we all say, Lord, teach us to pray? Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. Because we do not want to waste our prayers. We don't want to be like a boxer who's wasting his punches in the air. We want to make sure that our prayers are heard, our prayers are answered, and our prayers are a sweet-smelling aroma unto the Lord. So in Ephesians 6, 18a, in the NIV, Ephesians 6, 18a, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So I like two things there. The first thing it says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So it means our prayers should not be in the flesh. Okay? Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Because if your prayer is a religious prayer, if it's something that you just do in the flesh, if it's just something that you do just to impress people, or if you just do, like I said, some of us as we grew up, when it was time for school to be off, we would pray. But we didn't know what we were doing, so it was just a religious activity. And then, <clears throat> but that was not done in the spirit. So if God indeed, if we say God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in, Spirit and in truth. 
So it means also in our prayer life, we should do that in the spirit. And then he says, with all kinds of prayers. I think we've seen how, even in the, lives of, in the life of Jesus, how he prayed with different kinds of prayers, and how we were taught on all different kinds of prayers. So praying in the spirit, and worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth, as he said in John 4, 23 and 24, the Bible says, God is seeking such to worship him. And I believe we are here to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, but we need to be taught. We need to know how to do it. Because when we say, let's praise and worship God. Some of you may be saying, I'm excited, I want to praise and worship God. But how do I do it? Okay? It's one thing to want to pray. It's one thing to want to praise and worship. But it's another thing to know how to do it. So today I want us to look at how to praise and worship God. Okay? I think last week we talked a lot about the importance of praise and worship and how in praise and worship you get your victory and all that. So in looking at how to praise and worship God, we are going to look at the some Hebrew words. I think there are, I will use, there are seven Hebrew words that are used for praise. You see, it's like in our languages. I know, for example, in Venda we've got one word that has got so many meanings. One of those words is the word muya. Muya in our language may mean spirit. It may mean soul. It may mean wind. It may mean breath. It may mean air. So if you do not know, then if you just hear muya, then you do not know what kind of muya is that. So it means similarly also when we talk about praise and worship, if we do not understand the original words in praise and worship, then you will find that we will miss out and start praising and worshiping like people of the world. We'll even end up being like Baal, the prophets of Baal. You remember when they were even cutting themselves and calling for Baal to hear him and there was no answer. But I believe for us as children of God, our God hears us, our God answers our prayers. So I want us to start with the first word that guides us on praising God is the word tehillah. Okay, the word in Hebrew called tehillah, which means to sing. That's why in Hebrew you would find that the, the word for Psalms is the word tehillim. Okay, so if we sing, we are going to praise the Lord. So you can praise the Lord in singing. Because sometimes when we say, let's go and praise the Lord, or today's time to praise and worship God, we always think of only talking mainly. But you can praise the Lord just singing. Just singing about his goodness, just singing and singing and singing, and that's a form of praise. So if you go with me to the book of Psalms 96, verse 1 and 2, Psalms 96, verse 1 and 2 in the New King James Version, it reads, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. I like this kind of praise because even when you do it, people don't even get surprised. You know sometimes if you are walking and then you are praying and that people will think you are talking alone. But when you are singing, people don't mind. They know, oh, he's singing. Amen. So this is the kind of praise that you can do at every time without 
feeling anything, just feeling I'm just praising my God. And just singing, singing praises unto the Lord our God. And when we do that, we should know that actually this form of praise, it's not just that it's probably more convenient and a bit easier than others, but it's also power, equally powerful. If you go with me to the book of Second Chronicles 20, 21 and 22, we'll do that together with Acts 16, 25 and 26. So Second Chronicles 20, 21 and 22, King James Version. Just to record for those of you who are coming in, we're saying, we are continuing to say, Lord, teach us to pray. And today we are focusing on how to praise and worship the Lord. Because we do not want to be like a boxer who wastes his punches by beating the air. We want to be skillful. So even in our praise and worship, we want to make sure that we know that God is enjoying our praise, is enjoying our worship. And as we praise and worship him, he comes on the scene. The Bible says God dwells in the praises of his people. So if you look at Second Chronicles 20 and 21, King James Version, it reads, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushment against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Did you hear that? As they began to praise, to sing, and to praise. So you can get your victory as you're just singing. Amen? Just praising God and singing and praising God and singing, and then your walls of Jericho will be coming down. That's how the children of Israel did it when they came to Jericho. They were just praising the Lord going around the city for seven days. And on the seventh day, they went around it seven times, praising and worshiping God. And then the walls of Jericho came down. Similarly, also you will see in Acts chapter 16, 25 and 26, this was the time when Paul and Silas were in jail, in prison, in trouble. As some of you might be. So when you are in prison, in trouble, or in any form of a challenge, it's not time to feel dejected. It's time to praise. It's time to declare how great your God is. I told you, some of you last week, to say that if you focus so much on your problem, you will think your problem is actually bigger than it is. But if you focus so much on God, you will see how great your God is, bigger than anything else. So that's why I said the praise and worship is that form of prayer that helps you to focus your attention on God and see how great the Lord is. So Acts 16, 25 and 26, King James Version, it says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. So you can sing praises. Amen? It's just that for the meantime, it seems we can't easily sing here in church. But you can sing anywhere else. You can sing in your homes. You can make those sweet melody unto the Lord. And sing praises and see God coming through for you. He says, it says Paul and Silas sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. So what doors do you want to be opened? 
Some of you, you've got a lot of doors that you see closed in front of you. You can praise and get them opened. By the way, do you know that some of those doors may be closed, but they are not locked? Yeah, a closed door doesn't mean it's locked. Open it. Amen. But then, if indeed it's locked, like this prison that was uh, locked, so that the prisoners mustn't run away, as you praise and worship God, see how God will intervene in your, on your behalf. So I like this form of prayer, praise and worship, because I don't have to be concerned about my problems. As I'm focusing on God, as I'm concerned about God, God is focusing on my issues. He's working behind the scene. So I'd rather do this one, because sometimes if you do the other prayers where you are focusing on your problem, you are always thinking of your problem, and you don't see how great the Lord is. So let's look at another word for praise. Is the word zamar, Z-A-M-A-R, which means to touch strings or to praise with instruments. So worshipers, sometimes you can just praise with instruments and give that, that good uh, uh, melody unto the Lord. Just praising God with instruments. So I say we can sing and give God praise. But you can also praise God with instruments. Let's go together to the book of Psalms 33 verse 2, New King James Version. And then, of course, Psalms 150 is full of instruments. Psalms 33 verse 2, New King James Version, it says, Praise the Lord with the harp. Okay? Guys, I think even in church, maybe we should start having some of the, or most of these instruments. So when I say praise the Lord with the harp, somebody goes with it. Amen? Make melody to him. From this, it sounds like God enjoys the melody. It says, make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Oh, that sounds like a guitar. Okay? I enjoy bass guitar. So it seems the Lord enjoys it too. Amen? It says, praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Then Psalms 150, 1 to 6, New King James Version. says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. So in other words, you're praising him in his heavens. Just imagining how great God is. Praise him for his mighty acts. There are a lot of things that God has done. He created the universe and everything that you can see. He is God above everything. So when we say it's time to praise God, start thinking about how great your God is. And start telling him how great he is. Because some of you, when we say it's time to praise and worship, you say, I only praise for two minutes and I don't know what else to say. But if you look at this, it says, praise him in his mighty firmaments. So I'm praising him in the heavens. Praise him for his mighty acts. You just start thinking about all the great acts that the Lord has done. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praising him just that he is great. He is the almighty God. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. As you're telling him that, you are praising him. 
praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Okay, now we're starting some of the instruments. Praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Timbrel, it's a tambourine. Other versions would say, praise him with a tambourine and dance. You remember like uh, Miriam and them? She called the ladies after their victory. Praise the Lord with timbrel and dance. Okay? And as we praise the Lord in, with timbrel and dance, with all these instruments, even as you dance before the Lord, don't mind what people are thinking about your dance. You're not dancing to them, you're dancing to God. Amen. Because that's what David did. He danced before the Lord and his wife even thought, you're making a show of yourself. Contain yourself. You can't be just be undignified in that way. He said, no, I've got all the reasons to do it this way because the Lord has been so good to me. Because sometimes people don't understand why you praise the Lord. Why you worship the Lord the way you do. Why you are so committed to God. They don't know what you've gone through. You've got a testimony. You've got a story to tell. And therefore, that's why you will praise him and not allow anybody to stop you from praising God. You know what God has done for you. So that's why then don't try and if others are not as, should I say, as uh, hilarious as they should be in praise, maybe God hasn't done that much to them. But for you, you know what God has done. You know how great God is. So praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Again, stringed, inst stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Blessing, I think we should hit the, 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 the drums now. Praise him with clashing cymbals. So they are loud cymbals they are, and they are clashing cymbals. Amen. Amen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm getting excited. It's like, we, 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 amen. Amen. Now you can see just when you look at this and see how God, how praising God in his firmaments, how praising him according to his excellent greatness and start, whatever is next to you, start praising God with it. Some of you, if you don't have good musical instruments or we don't know, you can just start beating something next to you and start going with a melody unto the Lord as you praise God. He says, praise the Lord. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. So as long as you are still alive, Praise God. Amen. Ask your neighbor, are you still alive? Praise God. Because it says everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Actually, there was a time when Hezekiah was about to die. I like Hezekiah. I like most of these guys in the Old Testament. So he said, Lord, the dead and those who go to the place of silence don't praise you. So, I've got to remain alive to praise you, my God. Amen. So we still have breath. We can praise and worship God. And if we praise and worship God and focus on God rather than focus on our issues, we'll see how great our God is. But if you so much focus on your problem, your problem will appear bigger than it really is. Because you are magnifying it. Amen. So that's why the one in Exodus 15, 20 and 21, King James Version. This is Miriam praising also with instruments. I told you about it earlier. Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, 
took a timbrel in her hand or a tambourine. And all the women went out after her with timbrels and, dan- and with dances. Sister Denise, we need those tambourines. Amen. Amen. And as you go with the tambourine and dancing and praising and just losing ourselves in the presence of God. We've become so much dignified that we don't know how to praise and worship God. Amen. That's why when the Bible talks about the 24 elders laying their crowns down, I am reminded to think about even when we come before the Lord to praise and worship him, we should lay our crowns down. We should lay our dignities down, our status down, and say it's all about him. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the third one. I said uh, we are looking at how to praise God. Okay? Last week we encouraged you about praising God and that for everything of this we need to know how to do it. Because sometimes we say to you guys, pray without ceasing. You say, Pastor, I want to pray, but how do I do it? That's why Jesus, the disciple said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I'm thankful for this opportunity. Actually, this opportunity of lockdown, the opportunity of coronavirus and all that, it has also, it's got a lot of negatives, but for some of us it also has brought a lot of opportunities. I'm enjoying this form of worshiping God where we can zoom into a subject and really allow God to teach us and even go and practice that. Because today, as we draw to a close, we are even going to do some of these things here and just enjoy being in the presence of God and see what God has done, what God will do as you magnify him. So the third word in Hebrew is the word Shabak. Okay? S-H-A-B-A-C-H. It means to shout loudly. <laughs> I like also this kind of praise. How many of you know that when your team is winning, you shout? Mm. The reason why in the stadium you would hear people making a lot of noise and the vuvuzelas and all that is because their team is winning. And how many of you know that we are in a winning team? Amen. I'm in a winning team. I've got all the reasons to shout. So if Hezekiah says those that go to the place of silence and to the place of the dead do not praise the Lord. So I can't be silent like a dead person. I want to praise God. I want to shout. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. When you are winning, look at it. It's Psalms 47 verse 1. King James Version. Psalms 47 1. Oh, clap your hands all you people. Amen. Our team is winning. Clap your hands. Our team is winning. Amen. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Amen. We shout unto God with the voice of triumph that even people will be surprised out there and say, what's going on in there? And somebody must say, no, it's the group of winners there. Is the bunch of winners in there rejoicing in their God. You remember the one time after the, the, the ark was taken away, when the ark came back and there was a lot of noise and then the Philistines when they heard about the ark and the joy that was there in the tent of the Israelites, they were surprised. They said, what's going on in there? Amen. Can you praise God so much that the world will even ask what's going on in there? 
What's going on in there? Amen. 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 My team is winning. Amen. I can't stay silent. Amen. Amen. You've got so much to thank God for. Amen. He keeps you in divine health. Amen. He protects you. Amen. He covers you with his feathers. Under his wings you take refuge. You can go out there with confidence and know that whatever challenge that comes my way, I have what it takes to win. Because the Lord is on my side. The Lord is my refuge and my strength. Okay, let's go to this one. Some of you know this one. Halal. You know, hallelujah, Hosanna. Halal. Amen. Halal is the word that means some of you are thinking about another halal. I'm not talking about that one. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the halal in praising God. Amen. Halal meaning to boast, to celebrate, to make a show of it, to shine. Do you know that when the Lord embarrasses you, when the, the enemy embarrasses you, he embarrasses you and he makes a spectacle. So also when you win, make a spectacle of it. Shine. Shine in victory. Rejoice in the Lord your God. So I'm saying halal means to boast, to celebrate, to make a show of it. Amen. Sometimes we need to make a show. How great the Lord is. Don't be, you see sometimes with all these blessings, as the Lord is blessing us, as the Lord is, praise him and, and exalt him and, and shine in his presence. You are not boasting in your presence, you, in, on your strength, you are boasting in the Lord. We need to boast in the Lord our God and give him praise. So Psalms 135 verse 3 in the message translation. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Our team is winning. Amen. We are shining with the Lord. Amen. We are victorious in God. Amen. So it says shout hallelujah. Because God's so good. Sing anthems to his beautiful name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We shout hallelujah. So we said that word halal meaning to shine, to praise, to, to boast in the Lord. Amen. So look at it with me in the book of Psalm 68 verse 4. I want to share with you something. So do you know we say hallelujah? Okay. In that word hallelujah, it's made of two words. It's made of the word halal, which means praise. And it's made of the word jar. Again, here I'm not talking about the other jar. I'm talking about Jehovah. <laughs> okay. So, halal, jar, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You get that? So look at it. Psalm 68 verse 4, King James Version. Okay, so Mr. MJ, do you have it? Or somebody who has it with the mic so that it still feels like Bible study to engage you guys. 
Psalm 68 verse 4, King James Version. The old King James, because I want that word jar. It's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do we have it? Otherwise I'll go for it. So get ready, you will give him the other ones. Okay, Psalm 68 verse 4, King James Version. It says, sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name. By his name. And rejoice before him. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise him. Amen. With his name. And rejoice in him. Okay, so we go, hallelujah, hosanna, hallelujah, hosanna. Can we go to Matthew 21, 9, New King James Version? Now you can do this one, Mr. MJ. Matthew 21, 9, New King James Version. Again, we're still praising God. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying Hosanna to the king to the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest Amen 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 so they were praising they didn't think about themselves they were worshipping praising the king they were saying the king is in town Amen. How many of you know that the king is with you all the time? Amen. Keep on praising him. Keep on saying hallelujah, hosanna. Amen. And next time you say hallelujah, hosanna, now you know what you say. Amen. Amen. Praise him in his sanctuary. Amen. Another word for praise is the word toda, which means extending hands. Acting out thanksgiving. It's like you go this way. Okay? As if your hands are ready to receive. Amen. I praise you mighty God. My hands are open to receive from you. You extend your hands in thanksgiving. Amen. And another one is the word yada. Y-A-D-A-H again also means this one you extend your hands vigorously. How many of you know that we go like this sometimes praising and worshipping God. So you praise the Lord with everything in you. Okay? Throwing up your arms upwards in praise and surrender. Amen. So we've seen all those, isn't it? We sing unto the Lord. You go with the instruments. You dance before the Lord. You, 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 you praise the Lord in his sanctuary with instruments, hallelujah, shining before the Lord and indeed boasting in God, our, in the Lord our God. The Bible says, some trust in horses and in chariots, but we remember the name of the Lord our God. So for our victory, we praise the Lord our God. Amen. I put this other one toward the that's the seventh one, Barak. Because this one would easily lead you into worship. Okay? 
Barak, which means to kneel or to bow down. Okay? So you remember last week we talked about how the tabernacle, it was said also in the book of Hebrews, to say that the tabernacle, Moses had to do it according to a pattern that was shown to him on the mount because it represents a form of worship. Okay? We told you how we enter his courts with we thank give no we enter his gates with thanksgiving his courts with praise and we showed you the tabernacle how you get in so as you get in thanking god praising god going through going through until you reach the holy of holies where only the high priest could have access there once a year but now we are priests unto our god and the death of jesus christ has opened a way for us that we can get into the most holy place. So, as you start praising and worshiping God, dancing before the Lord, clapping your hands, rejoicing, but there comes a time when you want to just kneel before the key. Amen. How many of you know that, especially those of us from African culture, we know how to worship the kings, isn't it? Yeah, and you know that when you come before the king, you just, you just talk, wait, how great this king is. And unfortunately, some of you even tell the king that if he says you must die, you die. What king is that one that wants his subordinates to die? Okay? I'm reminded of <laughs> somebody said, yeah, I heard this one. They say one general, he was, in, he was um, general of the army, he was encouraging his troops of, of, of young soldiers were coming out there. He said, I know most of you have come here with an attitude, we are going to die for our country. And he said, that's not how you win a war. You don't win war by dying. Amen. You must make your enemies die for theirs. Amen. That's how you win. Amen. So, as we are going to worship and praise God, as you praise God, you worship him. It's not, because sometimes we want to separate this in compartments, as if now just praise, and now just worship, now just praying. But you can do all that at all time. Amen? Amen. Just like if, you, if your child comes to you, the child can come to you and talk to you, just saying, thank you, mommy, you are such a great mommy. But the child can still ask at the same time. The child can just say, I just want to be with you. So sometimes we just spend time in the presence of God. Amen. So today I want us to also have some time to really see how these things are done. To spend time in the presence of God. Because even with this thing of praying with all kinds of prayers. So we showed you how Jesus prayed. And in different situations he would use different kinds of prayers. There were times when he would just declare a thing. Like with a prayer of faith. Okay? Peace, be still. And then the wind ceased immediately. We gave you that one example. We gave you another example where Jesus would say something by faith. But to the natural eyes, it didn't appear immediately. The fig tree. He said, no one eat fruit from you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard him. They passed. The fig tree still looked alive, but it was dying already. Some of your issues that you are praying for, they are dying already. Tell your neighbor, some of my, thing, my, my, my problems are already starting to wither. 
Tell them, don't walk by sight. They, even if they look green, I know they are dying. Amen. So he declared that and he passed. But when they came back the next day, Peter saw that the fig tree dried up and he said, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cast is withered away. And Jesus wasn't impressed. Because for him it, it withered away already when he spoke. So he said, have faith in God. Amen. Amen. But I gave you also another example where Jesus prayed for this blind man. And after praying for him, he said, what do you see? Blind man says, I see people, they are walking like trees. So I thought, but Jesus, if they are just walking like trees, do, should we leave them walking like trees? Uh-uh. Jesus pulled him, laid hands again on him. And then he could see clearly. So we said there are some of the things that if you're praying for something and you feel you do not have a breakthrough yet, persevere. Amen. Persevere in prayer until you get your breakthrough. But there are times sometimes when you just need to declare things. So even as we are going to spend time in prayer today, you will have some things where you just want to declare. Make a declaration. You are a king, man. Make a decree. The book of Job, say 22-28, it says, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. So you make a decree. You are a king. Amen. So there would be things where you just make a decree with a prayer of faith. But there are also things where you will have to travail in prayer. Okay, persevere in prayer. Especially in the prayer of intercession. Praying for others, interceding. And standing in the gap. Okay? So when we say we are going to pray, I want you to, sometimes you may want to just pray for somebody today. And it's even good because your faith is geared up. Your faith is stirred up. You feel like you can do anything. All things are possible to him who believeth. So when your faith is stirred up like this and you are in the presence of God, this is the best time to declare, to pray, and indeed to see God coming through for you. That's why the book of 1 Timothy 2, 1 in the Amplified, it says, first of all then, I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be offered unto all men. Now, going to Ephesians chapter 3. So, I'm going to give you some practical tips. Okay, we learned from Jesus how he prayed. Jesus did not only teach us to pray, but he also demonstrated how to pray. You remember, there was even one time when he said, my, 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 my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. That was no time to make a declaration. That was no time to decree a thing. Okay? He said, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Different setting. Okay? Now, we also looked at how Elijah, who was said to be a man like us, but he had prayed effectively. His prayers were effective and powerful. We learned from him. We learned from Daniel. So, I want us just to look for a few things how Paul also did it. And we are going to do it. We are going to praise and worship God. We are going to pray. Some of you say, I struggle to pray. Sometimes I just pray for one or two minutes and I don't know what else to say. You are in the good place. You are at the right place at the right time. The Lord is teaching us to pray. Amen. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 in the Amplified, it reads, For this reason, 
seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see now the other bowing of knees? Hmm. There's nothing wrong with bowing your knees before God. Somebody says, if you bow before God, then you can stand before any man. Amen. The reason why some of us are timid of people is because we do not bow before God. Then you end up bowing before people. While if you bow before God, then you can stand up against any issue. So it says, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes his title and derives his name, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit. So here Paul was praying for the brethren in Ephesus. So it means you can also pray for the brethren. We can pray for one another. So as we are going to have time to pray, I want you to also pray for some of your brethren in Christ. I want you to pray for your pastor also. Amen. Imagine if all of you are praying for me. No devil in hell can manage that force. Amen. Amen. Yes. Keep on praying for me too. And I also pray for you. Okay. Maybe just as we pause it there. Can we go to the book of. Is this scripture that blessed my heart. Mr. MJ can you read for us. First Samuel. 13.23. King James Version. First Samuel. 12.23. First Samuel 12.23. King James Version. Because we need to pray for one another. But I also pray for you. 1 Samuel 12, 23. Moreover, as for me. Okay. Can we all say as for me? me. You remember uh, Joshua said as for me and my house. But this one now is as for me. I'm not sure because I can't necessarily always commit my house to prayer. (laughs) But as for me. That's what he say. Okay. As for me. Mm-hmm. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Amen. So as for me, God forbid that I sin against him by ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. As the Lord is teaching us and guiding us, Continuing to reveal himself. I'm actually enjoying church. I'm enjoying. My spirit is in great anticipation of what God is going to do. Amen. Amen. I, I sense that mighty move of God in these last days. As the Lord is getting his troops ready for the final, final uh, uh, move of God in the earth. So that the glory of the church will be restored. And the glory of the latter house will supersede and exceed that of the former house. He says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family... Okay, then verse 16. May he grant you out of his... uh, The treasure is... uh, We are in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. May he grant you out of the rich treasure of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, himself dwelling your inmost being and personality. May Christ through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. Pray for others like that. Say, may Christ 
make his permanent dwelling in your house, in, in, in your heart. You remember the Bible talks about, Paul talks about Epaphras. He says, Epaphras, he labors fervently for you in prayer until Christ is formed in you. Sometimes you find somebody comes to the Lord and if Christ does not completely form in them, they go back. So we need to labor fervently in prayer for them. When you know somebody is a new convert coming to the Lord, labor in prayer for them. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts permanently. And then verse, where are we? Yeah. Make permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it? You see, the love of Jesus is so wonderful. You can't get around it. You can't go over it. You can't get under it. It's just so great. And then he says, verse 19, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which is far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the, richness, the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him who is able by his consequence of by in, in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us. So there is a certain power that is at work within me. Tell your neighbor there is a certain power that's working within me. And that is the power of God. He is able to do. Now I want us to look at this carefully together. So that when you pray, you mustn't limit yourself and your thinking. Sometimes you approach God and you think, this is too much God. Am I, I hope I'm not asking too much. So he says, so that you may be able to carry out his purpose and to and do super abundantly far over and above that we dare ask. So he's able to do more than what you can ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Some of the people will tell you, don't dream too much. Don't dream too high. Don't have such high expectations. But this one says, even when I go for my highest dreams, my highest thoughts, my highest expectation, God is able to go beyond that. So I've got all the reasons to praise you. And even when you go to pray now, I want you to have that attitude. You should never think this is too big. What I'm asking God for. To him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout generations forever and ever. Amen. I want you to think of this because I want us to zoom a bit on this one. If the Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or ask. Even beyond your wildest imagination. I realize that sometimes our prayers are not answered or we don't focus because we pray without an imagination of the thing that you are trusting God for. I want you to get this. Take somebody who is sick. Maybe that person is in a wheelchair. Imagine, if you are in a wheelchair, imagine yourself walking. That's your thoughts. 
and then pray about that. So your mind should be looking at what you are expecting to get from God. Some of you, you are trusting God for godly marriages. Think of yourself being married and enjoying with just thinking about your husband, your wife, your children, how good it looks. That's something, that's a blueprint for your faith to hook on. Because sometimes when we just speak these things and you do not have a blueprint, you don't have something that you're thinking about, something that you're focusing on, then you can't see it. That's why some of us, we even see beautiful, beautiful. We see that house of the Lord built and completed and walking in it. Amen. Amen. So that when he says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can think or ask. So if you are thinking nothing, you get nothing. So think, dream big. What you are trusting God for, start seeing it. Start seeing it, start seeing it, start seeing it. Some of you are trusting God for a promotion in a particular job. Start seeing yourself in that other office. Amen. So that, because it says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can think or ask. So when I'm asking, I'm asking in line with what I'm thinking. And what I'm thinking is big. Amen. Start seeing it. Start seeing it. Start looking at how good it will look. Yes, imagining. Oh, I just imagine when the Lord has blessed me with children. Oh, I can see the little one playing. Imagine that. Hook your faith onto that. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you need a substance. Okay? So even when you are going to pray today, I want you to have a substance. Something, a thing that you were trusting God for before. Start seeing it. Start seeing it in the spiritual realm. And start trusting God. Now you can connect with it easily. You can see it. And as you pray and start seeing it and in your spirit when you feel you've got a breakthrough now, now you know it's done. Even if the leaves may still be green like the fig tree. When the others will be excited the next day saying the fig tree is withered away, you will be saying have faith in God. Because for me I've already seen it in the spiritual realm. I have already received it. So that's why the Bible says, believe you receive when you pray. Amen. So it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I want us to get today now to go and pray. You can use, you see we taught you a lot of prayers, eh? Huh? Where you can just declare something by faith. Or you can persevere, petition, uh, and, and, and supplication, intercession. Think of praying for somebody, pray for them. And now, you are praying as a skilled boxer. Now you know how to do it. And now you don't waste punches. You remember the scripture we read when we started? Where Paul says, I fight like a seasoned boxer who does not waste his punches. Amen. So as we are going to pray, that should be our attitude. Even some of those things that you just need to make a declaration, declare it. For some of those things where you need a mental picture of it, think about it and declare it. See yourself with it. Amen. 
so that when God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can think, he will find you thinking that. Amen. Because the place where you are usually defeated, you are defeated from your mind. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as you're still thinking in your mind, if you can't see it, then you won't have it. You have to start having that mental picture. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We are going to pray now. We're going to praise and worship God also. We've learned so much that I want us to go before God and, and exercise some of these things. Okay? So for our viewers online, you will also do it wherever you are. But I think at this point it would be good if we, we cut you off and then you continue to pray wherever you are so that we can feel free to pray here where we are. Yeah, so the live streaming would have to go off and then those other ones will pray wherever they are but we are going to praise the Lord. Amen. We are going to pray. And now you're going to pray when your faith is stirred up. Amen. There are so many things to, to, to pray for. Mm. Just go before the Lord. Pray. Okay? You start, you know how to enter his courts. We, thanks, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. And then go before the Lord and, 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 and pray. Go before the Lord. Worship him. Praise him. Make declarations for some of the things that needs to move. Mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And intercede for those that you want to intercede for. So do that. And don't think of what the person next to you is thinking about. You are praising the Lord. That's why the Bible says when you pray, go into your closet. It's just that here we don't have a space to make each of you go into your closet. But close everything. That's why it's also good to pray with your eyes closed. We're trying to mimic a closet to say, I don't want distractions. Okay? Because sometimes if you're looking and then you see something, you see something, then you can't focus easily. And then, like we said to you, you remember we said when you worship, when you are before the Lord, it's not only you just speaking, you should also be sensitive to hear from God. Paul says, be still and know that I am God. So sometimes, it's not that we should always be speaking. There are times sometimes when you just want to be silent before God. Let the Lord minister to you. Let the Lord guide you. Let the Lord show some of the things and reveal some of the things to you. So let's have that time. We are going to pray now. I'm not going to give you prayer items. I'm not going to give you what to praise God for. What you need to worship the Lord for. What you need to thank God for. And what you should intercede for. There's just too much in that space. So if we can take about 20 minutes or so doing that and just in the presence of God, it will also be an exercise for some of you who just pray two minutes and then you, you, you don't have anything to pray for. But now you've got so much. There's just too many things to pray for. And some of you who pray also in the spirit, praying in other tongues, you need to do that because there are some things that you cannot reach with your mind where the Holy Spirit, who knows everything, will touch 
those issues. In Jesus' name, amen.